Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, May 27th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film writer Chris Evangelista. Hello. So, uh, Chris, I know that I, I promised to the audience yesterday, the listeners, that we were going to have a water cooler episode. Um, I think that has actually been pushed to next week. So, sorry about that. Uh, Sometimes we don't get what we want. So let's talk about some some news stuff, Chris, because that's what we're here to do today. Um, Craven the Hunter, the uh, the new uh, Sony slash Marvel movie that is in development, has found a lead actor, and that actor is Aaron Taylor Johnson. He has been cast as the title character, Craven the Hunter, who uh, in the pages of Marvel Comics is one of these notorious villains who basically is... Um, a maniacal hunter who becomes obsessed with the idea of tracking down Spider-Man. He sort of gets it in his mind that capturing Spider-Man would prove to everybody that he's the greatest hunter in the entire world. And he uses this serum that gives him super strength. And uh, I think it slows down his aging process as well. Um, so yeah, we don't know if Tom Holland's Spider-Man is actually going to show up in this movie. I think there's been some back and forth about that. We know that JC Shandor, the director of movies like Triple Frontier and All Is Lost, is going to be directing this. Um, Chris, what do you think about Aaron Taylor Johnson in the role of Craven the Hunter? Uh, well, first I should preface this by saying I don't really care about Craven the Hunter, and I feel like Sony is severely overestimating their their Spider-Man universe, whatever they're going to call it. What are they calling it? I don't even remember. I think they're calling it like Sony's universe of Marvel characters or something wow, that is what like... a catchy name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, like, obviously Venom was a huge hit, but people, you know, I feel like everyone, even if you don't read comics knows at least who venom is just through like osmosis pop culture osmosis i feel like less people know about craven the hunter and also morbius which mm -hmm. is the other movie they're doing. so i kind of feel like sony is going to be in for a rude awakening maybe i'm wrong maybe both of these films are going to be huge blockbusters anyway um <laughs> aaron taylor johnson he's fine i guess i have to admit for a long time he was like a really boring actor like i thought he was a boring actor in general and then i saw him in uh 
uh, nocturnal animals. And he was like shockingly good in that. And then I thought he was a lot of fun in Tenet where he shows up and he has this really <laughs> thick, like, I don't know if it's a Cockney accent or whatever it is. It's a very thick accent. And he's talking about temporal pincer movements. So, you know, I don't have anything against him playing this. I feel like they probably could have done better, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm sure he'll do something with the role. Hopefully, I, I guess this is the kind of role he can sort of have fun with. Yeah, he's done some comic book stuff before. If you remember in 2010, he was the title character in Kick-Ass. And of course, he played Quicksilver in Avengers Age of Ultron, which I honestly completely forgot about, um, you know, until I was writing the article about this. I was like, oh, yeah, even though WandaVision just came on Disney Plus because he wasn't in that, it was like the 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 uh, Quicksilver from the different universe. I just completely forgot about Aaron Taylor Johnson's version. Um, And I think that that version of that iteration of that character was not like especially well liked by the the public. But um, yeah, man, what what do you think about Jay-Z Shandor directing this? This It's kind of a a weird pick for him. He seems to be, you know, his previous works to me anyway, have all seemed, you know, like sort of muscular little um, like movies for adults kind of. And this seems like a, a, a weird step for him. Yeah. I really don't know what I, cause I loved, um, both all is lost, which is this movie only Robert Redford and he's lost at sea. And there's always like no dialogue. And, uh, I really liked a most violent year. And both of those are very, like you said, they're very adult movies. They're very slowly paced. And, uh, but then I guess triple frontier was an action movie. So maybe mm-hmm. he wants to do action, I I don't know, but I you know I I liked All Is Lost and A Most Violent Year a lot more than Triple Frontier, so mm-hmm. I don't know how excited that gets me for him doing more action. Like I'd rather he do more character based stuff. Maybe Craven the Hunter is going to be a very slow paced character drama, and there will be no action at all. <laughs> that would be pretty incredible. I really hope they do that. Um, real quick, you were talking about Venom and that being like a popular character sort of before that movie came around. When you were growing up, do you remember people, this is like in the, the era before comic book movies were like a super big, you know, dominant force in pop culture. Do you remember people wearing like Venom shirts, you know, when you're in school, like yeah. elementary school all the way through to, I don't know, high school or something? I definitely remember people knowing who Venom was. Like yeah. I, I wasn't like an avid comic book reader but even i was i like i think i had like one spider-man comic and it had venom in it so mm-hmm. i feel like especially in the like i i was born in the 80s i grew up in the 90s primarily and i feel like the 90s was like the era of venom because it was a very 90s character is it's like it's like it's, it's spider-man but extreme and that's yeah. like a very 90s thing okay i was wondering if that was um limited to my the area where i grew up and it sounds like that was more of a, a nationwide uh yeah. you know everybody had venom fever back yes. then so <laughs> but i don't remember ever seeing a single fucking person wearing like even the hunter shirt so <laughs> right right yeah, yeah. i don't know uh, I remember him showing up in the Spider-Man animated series that I really enjoyed watching in the 90s. But that that's basically uh, as, as far as my Craven the Hunter knowledge goes. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see what Aaron Taylor Johnson does with this role. Um, let's talk about another piece of uh, superhero related uh, content casting. And that is uh, the latest addition to Marvel Studios' uh, Secret Invasion, which is the, the upcoming Disney Plus show. Chris, who has joined that project? Uh, Christopher McDonald, who's probably best known for playing Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore, but he's he's in a lot of things. He's a he's a great character actor who just pops up in 
many, many things. He was in uh, Requiem for a Dream, and uh, he had a role on The Sopranos, and he was on Quiz Show, which is another Robert Redford movie. Big Robert Redford episode today. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's joining the Secret Invasion uh, series. We don't know who he's playing. Um, it's it said that the character he's playing was invented for the series, so he's not going to be playing like a character, a character from the comics, but he could be like a scroll or whatever. One of those mm-hmm. aliens, you know, he could be anything really. Yeah. So this is a show that has just in case people, you know, understandably might get some of these show names confused. Secret invasion is the show that stars uh, Samuel L. Jackson. It has him coming back to play Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn is coming back um, from his uh, reprising his role from uh, Captain Marvel, um, Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, Kingsley Benadir, and, uh, somebody named Killian Scott, whose work I'm not super familiar with, um, are all the the other additions to this cast so far. So yeah, it's building out a, a good cast. Chris, are you are you surprised to see uh, Christopher, Christopher McDonald here? Because I primarily do know him as Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, but it sounds like you have more of a sort of wide-ranging relationship with his work. Um, you know, uh, I guess jumping off of that and, and knowing, as you said, that he's a great character actor, are you surprised that he... Uh, would be in a Marvel project? No, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm happy for him. Thank you, Chris McDonald. I'm glad you're you're getting the work. And uh, like I said, he's 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 a very good character actor. Like I'm sure he won't have like a huge part, but I could easily see him as like some bureaucrat. Like maybe he works for Sword or whatever that organization is mm, mm-hmm, called. Mm-hmm. Like I, like he seems like the type of ac- actor who could easily play like a smarmy guy in a suit. That's oh, yeah. Like, like he'd be very good for that. And think about how much better, I mean, I, I guess this is like me throwing shade at the guy who played uh, the the army guy in the suit in um, WandaVision, but think about how much better that show would have been if Christopher, Christopher McDonald was in that role. Yeah, that um, character's, I, you can't remember that character's name. He was so boring, but if Christopher McDonald was playing him, we'd remember his name. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so our next item here involves um, a new Evil Dead movie. I feel like a new Evil Dead movie is something that the internet at large has been talking about since, I don't know, like the mid 90s or something. Um, but now it sounds like it's actually happening. Chris, what's going on with it? Yeah, so for years now, um, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, uh, you know, the two driving forces behind the original Evil Dead series have been teasing, you know, returning to the franchise. And there was a reboot slash remake, whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, they like executive produced, but it was like a a whole new story. Well, I, I guess it's kind of the same story, but new characters. But for a long time, they were sort of talking about bringing back uh, Bruce Campbell's character, Ash. And then they sort of did that with the series Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, and it wasn't clear whether or not the Evil Dead movie series would continue. But now it is. Um, and it's called Evil Dead Rise. And we knew this was coming, but we we now have more details about it. Uh, we already knew that Lee Cronin, who directed a very good Irish horror movie called The Hole in the Ground, was going to direct it. Um, and there were rumors, these were unconfirmed rumors, that unlike the previous Evil Dead movies, which almost entirely take place in, in the woods or in the case of Army of Darkness in the past, uh, <laughs> this one is going to be set in a city uh, and uh, specifically probably like a skyscraper, which gives the title sort of like a a pun sort of thing because it's both, you know, Evil Dead Rise is in there rising from the grave and also... They're in a tall building that's rising (laughs) into the sky. Um, So uh, the plot is 
two estranged sisters uh, have their reunion cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. And uh, you know, from the looks of things, this is going to be like all new characters like Bruce Campbell, even though he's executive producing, he's probably not going to be in the movie as Ash again. It's like a whole new generation of, of people dealing with the evil dead. Okay. So I have to ask you, and I think I already know the answer, but like, isn't it weird that uh, like you mentioned, the, the identity of the evil dead has been, you know, cabin in the woods kind of horror stuff and, and specifically associated with Bruce Campbell and so this new movie is not going to have Bruce Campbell in it and it's not going to be set in the woods. Like at, at what point is it no longer an evil dead thing, especially if it has brand new characters? Why wouldn't you just make a, a completely new story? <laughs> well, I mean, they need that name recognition. First of all, that's why they're doing it. Um, but beyond that, you know, I feel like the Bruce Campbell era had a, a somewhat good conclusion with Ash versus evil dead. And I kind of like the idea of taking it out of the wood just because that's something, you know, we haven't seen before. And like, and at this point, you know, you got to remember that when, when the original evil dead came out in 1981, I think like cabin in the woods, horror movies weren't as like cliched as they are now. Mm -hmm. Now we have literally a movie called cabin in the woods (laughs) that sends all that up. So, you know, at the time it felt like, ah, it's this, this fresh creepy thing where these people are secluded in the woods and you know, you can't really do that anymore. Like it feels like anytime someone tries to make a serious cabin in the woods movie. Now everyone's going to immediately think of cabin in the woods, the movie, which is a, you know, a comedy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the idea of taking it out of the woods and putting it somewhere completely new could, you know, could in theory work out really well. You know, it could of course always backfire, but I, I really liked Lee Cronin's The Hole in the Ground. I mean, I'd be a lot more excited if, you know, Sam Raimi was the one directing it, but mm-hmm. I get, you know, he's directing Doctor Strange 2, whatever, Multiverse of Madness. And mm-hmm. He hasn't made like a horror movie since I think uh, Drag Me to Hell, which came out a long time ago. Yeah, it was like, like 2009, I think. Yeah, so, you know, I'd be a lot more excited if he were directing it, but, you know, he's involved as a producer. Uh, he apparently handpicked Lee Cronin to direct this. So he's, you know, he has some input there. So I am I'm, I'm definitely willing to give this a chance. What, what are the odds that this turn? Well, I'm, I'm not going to ask you for the odds, Chris, but I'll just say that the, the um, I'm glad that you're optimistic about this. And uh, the, the downside in my mind for this, the, the, uh, the comp, the, the comparable example that comes to mind immediately is uh, Predator 2. I was thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. I, I want to add that I think Predator 2 has its charms. It's not as good as the first movie, but I kind of like, uh, you know, some of it. I like that the, the Predator is in the city and he's targeting gangs and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a cool idea in theory. It, Man, it it's been a long time since I've seen that one. It's. I feel like if you rewatched it now, you'd be like, oh, I... This is a lot better, I think, because we took those movies for granted when they came out. Yeah. We, never, we didn't realize that there would be an era where we don't get trashy Hollywood movies anymore. We get just constant reboots and superhero movies. You know, I feel like yeah. a lot of times like movies I watched back in the day and was like, this stinks. I revisit it now and I'm like, God damn it. I wish they were making movies like this again. <laughs> right, right. 
Uh, all right, so uh, our last item here involves our favorite person, Zack Snyder. Um, we've talked a lot about Zack Snyder over the past few months, and he's still doing interviews, so I, I feel like we still have to talk about the stuff that he's talking about. Uh, so his new movie is called Army of the Dead. It's out on Netflix right now, but uh, in a, a recent podcast episode, he talked about how he still wants to make an adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, which is this four-issue uh, comic miniseries from 1986 that was um, written and illustrated by Frank Miller. It's this really famous Batman uh, comic series. And that comic series has already been a massive influence on Zack Snyder as a storyteller. Like several images directly from that uh, miniseries have already been mined by him and inserted into movies like Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, he says that somebody told him uh, when he was making Batman versus Superman, that he had already put too much of The Dark Knight Returns into that movie, uh, and he wouldn't be able to adapt The Dark Knight Returns. And he said, "I," <laughs> he said, "I was like, I haven't. I promise you." <laughs> so he still thinks that uh, that there is a world in which he would potentially be able to direct a straight ahead adaptation of the dark knight returns he said um that it would not uh, he would not bring a higher ben affleck and and or henry cavill uh, back to reprise their roles as batman and superman in that project should it, it ever actually come to fruition um he said i think it would just be its own thing i would just do it 100 percent watchman style really frame accurate really do it i don't think it would be that expensive to be honest i don't think so it's pretty gritty the dialogue in there is just incredible. The voiceover in that uh, is, is Frank Miller at his best. So, um, you know, Chris, I, I feel like on one hand, it's a little ridiculous to think that Warner Brothers would want to work with Zack Snyder again after all of this Justice League brouhaha. But there, the, you know, the existence of the Joaquin Phoenix movie Joker um, sort of opens up the idea that like DC is interested in making these sort of one-off movies. So like, what do you think about, <laughs> I, I, I'm like very curious to see what you say about this. What do you think about uh, Zack Snyder potentially directing a uh, Dark Knight Returns uh, movie? I, I think we don't need this at this point. I think the Dark Knight Returns has been, you know, mined for content uh, to death at this point. I, I mean, I, I even think there was like an animated version of the movie mm -hmm. too. So, it, I, I, you know, uh, almost every Batman movie pulls something from the Dark Knight Returns or the Killing Joke. Those are the two. Every time there's a new Batman movie, whoever's making the movie, when they're like, "What comics did you read?" They always say the Dark Knight Returns and the Killing Joke. And uh, those stories, they were great at for the time. They were they, they they broke barriers. They took batman to really exciting places but that was like 35 years ago yeah. and i i i would love you know i i like batman a lot when i was a kid i loved batman batman was a, a big deal to me i you know as i got older i i sort of i would say grew out of it but i just don't like it as much but i would you know i, I want i i feel like the era of dark gritty violent fascist batman has yeah. been has been explored so many times and i you know i'm interested in the new batman movie i think it looks really cool the uh the, the batman they're calling it mm -hmm. but i would love like 
a fun Batman movie. Like yeah, I feel like, too. like I feel like you, you can. There's there's so many different versions of Batman, and we all, the only thing we ever get in in live action movies is the dark, violent one. And I would love to see something different. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And I, I feel like you know even the um, the new animated series that we talked about on a few episodes ago, where J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves and Bruce Timm are going to be involved in that. Um, the image that they released, the sort of like teaser image for that made it seem like it's going to be another sort of dark and gritty kind of thing. And even like Batman, the the animated series that had some humor in it, but it was kind of like, it was like a, you know, stylistically really influenced by film noir and art deco and all these things that are, you know, a little bit more serious. And that was like part of the big appeal of that show was like, it was more adult and, and took its story seriously and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would, I would love for there to just be, you know, uh, like I was just talking about, uh, the existence of Joker and like DC sort of widening its parameters a little bit and letting filmmakers make these sort of one-off things. I would love there to be like multiple Batman operating at the same time. Cause I know that Robert Pattinson has signed a multi deer, a multi movie deal where he's going to be playing that character for what it probably several movies. I don't know exactly what the terms of his contract are, but um, I would love for them to just like, you know, some a year from now, two years from now, out, announce that somebody else is going to make a Batman movie that's going to completely stand alone and just be like, yeah, like a throwback to the Adam West days, just like completely goofy, um, and and make it in live action because I feel like there's there's been a lot of uh, like the goofiest Batman stuff in recent memory has probably been uh, animated. Um, so uh, the live action thing I feel like would make a, a big statement that like it's okay for the world to accept a Batman that isn't you know, super gravelly, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think just I let it, yeah, let him have fun. Let Batman dance again. That's what we want. We want to see him do the Batusi. Indeed. All right. Um, so I, I mean, I would genuinely love that if like, what if Robert Pattinson's Batman does that? <laughs> like, okay, there might be would, some, some he, sort of tonal clash there, but I really want him to go. Like, he seems like the actor who would do that. The actor who'd be like, <laughs> I'm going to do something weird with this. And that's what I want to see, you know, cause yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So, I, you know, we've had this back and forth about the water cooler. Like I said, I don't think we're going to do it this week at all. So I think tomorrow, depending on how much news comes out, we may try to do sort of a mailbag centric episode. We may throw a couple news things in here or there. So if you guys have any uh, mailbag topics that you want to uh, you want us to address, now is the time to squeeze those in sort of at the last second. And maybe we'll, we'll talk about them on tomorrow's episode of the show. So you can uh, send that along with your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And I encourage everybody to do that if you have any questions or anything. Uh, make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. You can find more of uh, all the stories that we talked about at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. This show is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show basically wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.